The DEA is at it again, acting as the hitmen that they are for their uh, big money buddies. That's essentially what's going on here now that we have a harmless herb, Kratom, uh, being classified as a Schedule 1 drug. It's really, it's really sad, you know, that, that this this kind of thing can still happen. It's almost, uh, it's almost, it's it's pretty ridiculous, you know. The war on drugs is such a complete failure. We live in a time where we have access to all this information now, and we can actually see what's happened throughout history uh, with the government's efforts to crack down on, on drugs and, and the, the effects that it's had. But we all know the real reasons for the war on drugs, you know, for, for this, this crackdown. And once again, now, with Kratom, and if you're not familiar uh, with Kratom, Kratom is essentially an herb. Um, I think it, it comes from a root and it's been used for thousands of years in Southeast Asia. And on this episode of the podcast, we talk a little bit about Kratom, uh, but we didn't go into a whole lot of, of detail. Um, so that's why I'm recording this kind of uh, you know little tidbit before uh, to share with everybody because – I wanted to talk a little bit more about it and just the flow of the conversation. We didn't really get to dive deeper into it, but you know, we're, (laughs) this is insane. It's complete insanity. The DEA, uh, I did an episode about them uh, a couple weeks back. Draconian establishment assholes is what they are. That is exactly what they are. Um, You know, And what I want to talk about here a little bit is the role of government, the role of these agencies is not to make sure that there's safety or regulation or reduce harm. That is not their role here. Their role is basically to work for the corporate interests. the, The corporate interests use the government as the enforcing arm of, you know, it's like the mafia. The government is a, is a mafia, and the, the companies that are selling prescription pills, opiates, and things like this, they have tons of money, billions and trillions maybe of dollars at stake because Kratom, this, this harmless herb that's been used for thousands of years in, in Southeast Asia, Kratom has actually been shown to help people that have opiate addiction and alcohol addiction ease off of it. So people that are suffering from these things are getting some kind of natural herbal relief from Kratom. And we all know that there's somewhat of a heroin epidemic now in the United States. Um, this is, has been something that, 
has been on the rise for for quite some time now. Um, originally, there was a large amount of people that were being prescribed um, opiates, opiate drugs, uh, oxycotton, oxycodone. There was a very, very big abuse uh, of that going on in this country, and prescription drug deaths were very high, very, very high. I think some somewhere in the neighborhood of. Uh, hmm, I don't want to be incorrect on this, but I, I did I did lay out a stat somewhere. I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like forty thousand or something prescription deaths uh, per year. But the amount of deaths related to opiates, specifically heroin, has been on the rise dramatically on the rise. So you're looking at somewhere around like say two thousand five where heroin overdose heroin deaths were probably somewhere around like 2000 or so now we're seeing heroin deaths somewhere around like 10000 so it's a big increase and so what people are doing now is they are looking to alternatives they're looking to alternative medicines and we all know that plants can be Wonderful healers, wonderful natural healers. I mean, the plant world, that is where all of these big pharma companies extract all of their ingredients out of. And then they synthesize it and they duplicate it and they standardize it and they jack up the price and, and they sell it and they dilute it. You know, they want to keep people dependent. I mean, this is a, this system that we have going on right now. The only reason why these companies are able to do what they're able to do is because they have the power of the gun. They, ha- they have the power of the largest nation state the world has ever seen, the largest, most ferocious, most deadly military that the world has ever seen. The United States military has been in Afghanistan for more than a decade. Why has the the military been in Afghanistan for so long? I mean, we killed Bin Laden, you know, the Taliban. They're they're not nothing really anymore. The, the ISIS is the big concern. So, what's going on in Afghanistan? Well, Afghanistan is the main source of opium. That is where ninety percent of the world's production of of opium comes from. It's a four billion dollar uh, industry. And this is where this is where it is. Uh, Afghan heroin pours out of the country through every single border, everywhere, every which way. Iran, Pakistan, Europe, and comes to North America as well. I mean, this is this is the agenda here. The agenda is big pharma companies that pay lobbyists and to pay, you know, however they however they work it out, whatever the routes are that they work it out, they make sure that the money, you know what I mean, because what they a lot of times what these people do to avoid being uh detected, to avoid being identified that they're contributing money directly, will go in an indirect contribution way, similar to the Clinton Foundation, you know. 
Hillary Clinton is Secretary of State. All of a sudden, they have this Clinton Foundation. Now the Clinton Foundation is making millions of dollars, and all of a sudden, laws are getting changed, policies are getting made. This is what happens. This is how you know you you could talk about corrupt politicians all you want, but this is the the function of the government. This is what the government does. The government is force. The government is guns. The government is we will make you do what we want you to do because we have a, an insane intelligence and military arsenal behind us. So we are up to the highest bidder. And so that's why you have United States military troops in Afghanistan guarding opium, guarding poppy uh, production. And uh, you don't believe me? Check it out. It's out there. The information is there. Connect the dots. It all makes sense. And so, you know, the the DEA is probably bought. You know, <laughs> probably the DEA is bought and paid for, and their and their corporate, uh, you know, masters are saying like, hey, look, this kratom thing. You know, it looks like this could be a way out for a lot of people that are addicted to our drugs, and we got to make sure that these people stay on our drugs. So we got to keep them pumped full of our drugs, and we got to make sure that there's no none of these natural, you know, good for you supplements or herbs out there. No, no, no. You know, marijuana, all the benefits that they have, and you know, all the healing potential and the cannabinoids and the CBD. It can stop seizures. All oh, this kratom thing helps people with opiate addiction get off opiate addiction. No, no, no. That ain't good for our business. That's not good for business. So we need you guys to write a law, to pass a law, to reschedule this. No, you don't need to ask the people. No voting necessary. Just drop the fucking hammer. You know, and a lot of people think we live in this country that's free. You know, we're free. We're the freest country. We're free. You know, we're not free. We're not free. And, you know, these companies... These companies wouldn't be able to get away with the with the things that they're getting away with if they didn't have the tool of the state. The, the state is force. The the state passes laws. If you don't obey those laws, what comes next? Fines. What comes after fines? Jail time, imprisonment, the threat of the gun, the threat of force. The military will come down on you. The police will come down on you. We see this happening. So the cultivation of of, uh, of of poppy seeds in Afghanistan with uh, military protection is uh, you know in play because of big pharma companies that have a lot at stake, and also not just these big pharma companies uh, because they they have people have this is the beauty of of being a semi democratic nation or or having at least people that are starting to wake up. You know, people have realized that. Oh, okay, you know, there's this there's this opiate problem. Doctors are prescribing prescription pills like crazy. People are ODing. Okay, so they've they've slightly calmed down on that. But now you see heroin spiking because of that. So obviously, you know, look, the gov- the government is a gang. They're the biggest drug dealers. They're the biggest bullies on the block. The people that are profiting off of this are the people that are in. You know the big the big drug cartels and the one of the biggest drug cartels is are the big pharma industry. You know the the, the people that make pills 
and sell pills. And you see those commercials on television like, oh, you ever feeling down? You know, take a little bit of this. You know, side effects may include, you know, you're going to fucking kill yourself, go crazy, eat your children. These people don't give a shit about anybody except for making money. So when you talk about the 1%, when you talk about these kinds of people, this is who it is. And the most evil, the most evil, the most corruptible, the, the people that are to blame the most is is the government because they're the ones that are are using force to fo- to to you know to force the issue. They are the ones that have that have the ability to deploy the troops to guard the poppy fields. They're the ones that have the ability to make up fake reasons why we need to invade countries. You know all this stuff. You know, it, it's all, you know, you look at the, in the invasion of Iraq and all this kind of stuff. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit to make other people rich who are not you and me. Big oil companies, big pharma companies, big drug cartels. You know, all of the things that we talk about, oh, it makes sense. You know, it heals people. These things all help people. Yeah, they know that, but they're profiting off of it being illegal. They're profiting off of the war on drugs. They're profiting off of this stuff while everybody else suffers and everybody else gets sick. And so they don't care. And so we need to fight back and we need to make our voice heard and we need to tell them that enough is enough. So um, one of the things you can do is you can go on to the Drug Policy Alliance, uh, drugpolicy.org, Drug Policy Alliance, I believe it's it's called. And um, they, they're great because they really have a lot of clout. You can submit your name and they'll submit a petition. But it's time for people to wake up and time for people to say enough is enough. And, you know, we're not going to take this shit anymore. Like it's just we're not going to stand for this wacky reclassification, Schedule 1, drugs, you know, all this stuff, military, wars, you know, death, disease. No, we're, we're entering a, a new age, a new consciousness. We want to be healthy. We want to live. We want to thrive. We want to survive. And we can do that. You know, We have the power of the internet. All of you listening out there, if we come together, if we stand up, if we talk out, if you get informed, if you speak up for what's right, you know, they're, they're, it's going to be a fight, but it's a fight worth fighting for. Okay, so that's my little two cents at the beginning of this episode. Next, we have a great conversation with Ralph Sutton. I hope you enjoy. Peace. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. I didn't even look over there. Usually I'm looking to see what time we're doing, but man, yeah. 
Well, we thought we were recording, and we were having a fantastic conversation. And now, I just good thing because I'm I'm an observant motherfucker. I looked over and I said, I don't see any bars or time moving over there. If I was your producer, you should fire me right now. You well, you are. <laughs> and uh, and we actually we had a good intro, man. Anyway, we'll just start it all over again. Here we are on a new episode of Mike Adelic, and we have with us Ralph Sutton from Gas Digital Network, co-owner of Gas Digital Network, and uh, host of the SDR show, which is on Gas Digital Network, and uh, he hosts that along with uh, Big J Okerson. And uh, honestly, the intro that I did last time I think was a was, little bit was better. Much better. But <laughs> it it's was also, a little better. It's funny. The, the most. Uh, Similar moment to me that I could think of is that I was interviewing a very big band from my era, Def Leppard. We were backstage. I was doing a full interview with them. And what I noticed about 20 minutes into my 30 minutes of a lot of time that the recorder had died. So none of it. Literally, it was I'm sitting here with Def Leppard and that's all that recorded. It was deaf. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but then kudos to them because they told their manager, we're going to do it again with this guy. And they gave me another 20 minutes. So give them credit for that. So Nice people. I'll pretend that that first 15 minutes didn't happen. So we'll just start over again. Yeah. So anyway, so like you were saying before when we weren't recording, so you're getting fisted by a monkey in yes. the jungle. Yes. With and a- I was being held down by a tribe of pygmies, <laughs> but I was smiling the whole time. Yeah. Well... That's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and look, guys, if you're interested in, in music and stuff, like Ralph has this awesome podcast, the SDR Show, and he tells a bunch of really cool stories about uh, about bands that he's interviewed and stuff like that. And uh, we were just talking before a little bit about the Parliament Funkadelic, um, which I don't really know anything about, but now I'm going to go check them out. And also, you have basically your show, you have a guest on every week, right? We have a guest on every week, I would say, unless it gets to a point, which we almost got to last week. Yeah. Where it's like the guests that are being because th- I get thrown guest ideas every week, uh-huh. and I, I have to say no to a lot because I just don't feel like it's right for the show. But um, I think in in the two and a half years we've been on the air, twice, no guest, just you and Jay, maybe three times. Yeah, I mean, uh, but yeah, I like the whole idea is a free form conversation. But Jay and I usually recap our lives for a week. And then we bring on the guest, and then they get involved with the conversation. And you guys usually do something like crazy, like usually, usually. with a, we've tried. We used to play a game. We we had to stop doing it because it got too nutty. Yeah, we played a game. Anytime a hot chick came in, like a porn star, we would do up the ante, is yeah. what we called it. And I think it started with a girl showing us her boobs. And then when uh, girls were peeing in our mouths, I thought it was time <laughs> to stop the game. Uh, yeah, Because yeah. I don't want to know when Jay was suggesting a girl shit in our hands. Oh my god! And we high five each other. I did not want to do that. Wow. I mean, A-plus for creativity, but uh, yeah, I think that's taking it a little too far. Yeah. Last week, (laughs) we had a girl... we made a mold of our of our penises, yeah, and we the girl picked mine to put in her ass live on the air. Jay, live on the air. Jay fucked her with my dildo. And you show this live. We show on as the much air. as we can. Yeah. On, as on, as on, can. on Gas Digital Network, you show anything. So right, we, right. we show that. But that, that's GasDigitalNetwork.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get crazy. We talked about again prior to this that my I don't have a tremendous amount of drug experience. Yeah. But um, recently I had blacked out. Right. On the SDR show. Right. Where I had not drank or smoked for a very long time and I just went full hog in and then ended up having I would say a mini stroke on the air where my eyes blanked out I turned around and all of a sudden I looked around and everybody was staring at me in shock 
And I was like, well, what, what's everyone, what are you looking at? Right, you know? people were actually concerned. Yeah, my last line was, I'm way too fucking high right now. <laughs> and then I don't remember what happened for about 10 seconds. Here lies Ralph Sutton. Last words, I'm way too fucking high right now. <laughs> and uh, it was crazy. It was a crazy night. But uh, the weird thing is, and maybe you can enlighten me on yeah. this, because I don't have, I'll go through the drugs I've done with you throughout the show. But sure. with this one, the moment I came back from my little, whatever you'd call that episode, so much adrenaline kicked in that I, you know, fear of what the fuck just happened to where am I to what, you know, all that stuff that I instantly felt 100% sober from that moment forward. Mm-hmm. It all like was flushed out of my system in a, in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you, you're right. I mean, you, you said it. That's what it is. Adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you you go into that like fight or flight mode. You know, if you I've had I've had instances before where I felt like I was maybe tripping, you know, a little too mm-hmm. too hard or in a bad place or something, and um, you know, your body has like a natural way of reacting. You you get that a rush of adrenaline, it smacks you right back into reality. It's amazing that yeah. it's that powerful it adrenaline. Really is. Yeah. I, that night, I kept saying, "Wow, I can't believe I feel normal." If anything, right. I feel wide awake. Like I don't know what happened. Where I just started, like, everyone said, you should go lie down, you should go lie down. I'm like, no, I, I feel fine. I cleaned up the apartment. I got everything, like, fixed. And it was like, all right, let Jay finish the show by himself, which was kind of weird also. But uh, it was just such a bizarre experience. The worst thing that happened, though, was, you know, we made, like, a little virally highlight clip that we sent out to a bunch of people to just promote the show and, yeah. and promote my stupidity. Uh, and my mom, who is my friend on Facebook, just shares everything that I post. So she shared that. And then all of her friends were tweeting, like, I mean, messaging her on Facebook, like, why the fuck would you share that? <laughs> and then she called me all upset because she didn't know what it was. She watched it and she got very upset at me and, you know, just very weird. Very, yeah. very funny. That's, that is pretty funny. She just automatically shares it. Yeah. So, yeah her. Here's, my sh- here's my son, like, overdosing on, yeah, on live exactly. on air. With a thumbs up. Like, check this out. My son's fun. We all know you can't overdose from marijuana, though, but you can have like these weird episodes yeah. right and 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 I've definitely had them before in the past as well um, I remember in high school sometimes like if, if, if it would happen to a friend or someone or even in college and, and we'd, we'd call it like a weed death you just kind of space out and you get a little kind of out of zone you smoke too much weed you didn't eat enough right you know you're not maybe you're not hydrated whatever it is you know for whatever reason it's not mixing with you well and just you know the other thing is some people just a lot of times on this show we talk about you know, we I, I, I'm a big proponent of uh, of weed, and I had Chris from High Society Radio on last week, and we were mm. you know talking about it. But one of the things that we were we were talking about is it's not for everybody. Right. Some people are are definitely super sensitive, or they just react in a different way because basically everybody's physiology is different, and everything that you put into your body is different. Every every plant, every weed, every uh, drug, every mushroom, whatever it is, it's all different. It's always going to have a different reaction to you. But you, as I know, as someone who is a light smoker, I think yeah. you call yourself a Monday night... A Monday night drug addict. Monday Monday night drug addict, because that's when you record your sex, drugs, and rock and roll podcast, uh, the SDR show. Tell me about your first experience with... With weed. With weed, yeah. Oh, it's very funny, I think, is that uh, I was a late bloomer for sure. Like, I would drink... I think I started drinking casually at 13 right okay. which i guess is not that late for some people is late for some people but he's relatively early yeah, it's pretty early well you're in the 70s you know yeah it's no, it was the 80s of- <laughs> 80s that hurts um <laughs> but uh the um the first time it was kind of weird it was a girl i was dating we, we were really it was probably i'm gonna guess 20 maybe okay. 
and um, we went to Mexico together. She was a stripper. And she Were was, you uh, on spring break or no? She was like working oh, at the okay. club, and we went there. I might have been twenty-one. I'm not exactly in that in that zone. Yeah. And she got hired to work at the club for a week, and she said only if uh, she can bring her boyfriend. So I got a free trip to I think it was Acapulco for a week. You know, staying in a nice hotel because she was a, a beautiful girl that was a dancer at a high-end strip club. So mm-hmm. they flew her out there, and um, she got weed the first night, and we went to smoke. It was my first time smoking. And it was a very interesting thing was that I was immediately extremely high, right? And I noticed that there was a light bulb in the terrace that was very bright. So I wanted to lower it, you know, turn it off. So I raised my hand and tried to twist off the light bulb. But somehow I got an electric shock from it. But I was so high that I wasn't moving. I was just getting the shock. And my girlfriend comes out of the bathroom and she describes it as there was smoke coming from my fingers. And she just picked me off the terrace and lied me in the bed, and I don't remember the rest of the evening. Oh my god, that's a pretty traumatic experience. Yeah, I didn't remember at all. Yeah, I don't really, uh, you know, remember. I remember reaching for the um, light bulb. Yeah, but I don't remember the rest of it. Do you think there's a possibility? That's a very interesting story. Do you think there's a possibility that your first time smoking weed that happened to you, and then that kind of set the precedent for what was you know your life to follow like like every time you smoke weed you associate it with some kind of pain or discomfort i don't know i've had some positive experiences okay. you know i've had sex on weed that i very much enjoyed a couple times that's always you know? good yeah uh, i had a couple of really weird experiences as you know the, the one we just talked about but yeah. one that was bizarre because every time i would smoke with jay on sdr i'd have one hit i don't want to do i don't not want to get super high especially because I tend to be the one in charge of making sure everything's working. Yeah. And I feel like if I get high, it's not gonna ha- I'm not going to be able to do that. Right. So one night he just wanted to see what would happen if Ralph gets really high. And Ari Shafir had brought in edibles, huh. right? Uh, gummy bear edibles. Yeah. What I didn't know, and he, I, think, I don't know if he knew either, so I'm not holding him against it. Uh, that one thing, one uh, little gummy bear, was for four people. Oh. Okay, it was really strong. And I had, I would say, more than half of it, probably three quarters of it. Uh-huh. Okay, maybe more, somewhere in that area. Jay says about a half to three quarters, but look, whatever. I think the feet were left when I was uh-huh. done. Yeah. And uh, not only did I get, I my whole the whole night, which I thought was about a three hour experience from when the show ended. Uh, we went to the stand to watch Jay perform. I felt really high, so he took me home. Uh-huh. That whole experience I thought was about three, four hours, and it was 30 minutes, right? <laughs> but then the craziest part, I'm going to cliff note the whole story, but sure. the craziest part was when I got home, he brought me home. You know, it was very cool of him to, I just walked out in the middle of the street to try and get a cab. I, yeah. I he put like his a, varsity jacket basically, on you and walked yeah. you inside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, tucked me in, kissed me goodnight. But from the moment I got home for the next two hours, I was convinced that I was on a reality show. And everybody at the stand was watching what I was doing in my apartment. Wow. So I, would, I didn't want to get undressed. I didn't want to take a shit. I just said, you know what? I'm going to put on the news and lie here motionless, and eventually they'll all stop watching. That's crazy. That's not normal. It's not. I mean, but that, that, that does happen, though. That, that is known. I mean, at least for, at least for me, mm-hmm. I definitely have had experiences like that. For whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but sometimes when I smoke, you know, Smoking weed does induce a certain level of paranoia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in, in a lot of strains, you can find that that's one of the qualities of, of the strain, usually kind of minor and kind of low. But I think the reason for that is is because you're so open, you're so everything's so hypersensitive mm-hmm. in your body. You're so open. And the other thing is that 
you're perceiving everything in an altered state of consciousness as well. Right. So you're trying to process everything that's happening. Meanwhile, you're very open and you feel a little vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's why most people, when they get high, they you know they they do have those thoughts of like, oh, am I am I what am I doing in my hand? I just, everybody, right. everybody knows what I'm doing now. They're looking at me. They know that I'm high. That something's wrong. You know, you kind of have that experience. Sometimes. The, the things yeah. that have happened to me doing is that I'm convinced because usually after the show, we go to the stand. That's pretty common. Yeah. I'm convinced that Jay's talking about me. You know, that, that happens a lot that he's <laughs> saying bad he shit about is. me. He probably is. <laughs> but then the night that I had that freak out, the worst thing that happened is some schmuck that came to watch the show. He was not a friend of mine or Jay's. He was a friend of a fan that came by. We were all sitting in the uh, the stand, and he came up to me. He goes, man, you are freaking everyone out, man. Everyone's fucking pissed off because he knew I was high, and he just wanted to fuck with me. Ah, uh, that's the worst. Yeah, so that's, that's when the... I decided I got to leave. That yeah. was just so weird. That, that, is, that is by far the worst um, to, to do that to someone because right. you're, you're, you are in kind of – you're in an altered mental state. You know? Yeah, he just did it to fuck me. He yeah. thought it was hilarious, but then you're just an asshole. There's no yeah. other way about it. You are. But like la- literally this past Friday, uh, and I'm not saying this to brag, but in for a, a, uh, a point of altered uh, experience, there's this gorgeous like Russian supermodel chick who I've been trying to get into her pants forever. And she said to me, do you have any weed? I said, I can get some. And she came over, we smoked and had sex, and it was fantastic. Nice. So there is other <laughs> sides that make me say, all right, because I took two hits. I know what my limit is now for yeah. when I'm casually doing it. I didn't drink, and I loved it. I was so happy. It was just great. You know? That's a good point that you made uh, about taking two hits because sometimes people – I remember, especially when I was younger, you know, we'd roll blunts and then, you know, smoking a bong and a blunt and then a, a, a joint and then someone's hitting and the piece. Brownies and then a, and then a, a hookah a, and then an edible. And it's like, it gets to a point where you're like, I'm fucking high. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm I'm so high that I'm vibrating right now. Like, I, I, I'm literally levitating and everybody is in uh, kaleidoscope colors. I can't possibly get any any more high. I think it's uh, important to, to talk about. Oh, you want to grab that? Yeah. I think it, Ralph's going to go answer the door, uh, but I'm going to continue on talking about what I'm what I'm talking about here because I think it's important to say, it's um, it's there there's there's a level of of dosing, you know. I mean, you you have you talk about mushrooms, LSD, you know, all these kinds of things. You can you can do everything from a, a micro dose to a macro or a heroic dose, as as Terrence McKenna would put it. And sometimes with weed, sometimes one hit is all you need. You know, it's a, a micro smoking. You know, and uh, especially like I was saying before, everybody's physiology is different. Everybody's body's different. Everybody reacts differently to things. One of the biggest thing, one of the biggest mistakes you can make. Uh, when dealing with your, you know, with when dealing with substances that put you in an altered state of consciousness, is going too far in the wrong set and setting with the wrong people and and the wrong at the wrong place, you know, because then you're gonna have almost like a nightmarish kind of breakdown, mental breakdown almost. But there's there's definitely value out of there's <laughs> there's definitely value out of uh, of micro smoking. Uh, so I was just talking about that, like, you know, you know, you know your body, know your limits, and sometimes all you need is one hit, just one little hit, and you're good. You know, you just kind of know what you're doing, know that space. Yeah. I, do, I do that sometimes, you know, in those little one-hitter dugout things that they have. You just pack a little tiny one hit, 
take a quick puff. Sometimes I'll do that before I go to the gym just to get a little mo- bit more focused and concentrated in, in the zone. In the same respect, I always have a very strong internal drunkometer. Like I never get – I like getting drunk. But not drunk, like getting tipsy. I like feeling good. Yeah. I don't want to wake up the next day and feel like shit. Right. Because the, and the older I get, I realize that that ratio of how much to drink versus feeling like shit the next day keeps getting lower and lower. Because if I have if I have four drinks right now in one shot, I'm gonna feel terrible the next day. I just know it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, I noticed a lot that the um the effects that I get is a mixture. So I think I know you said it. I only found out recently on doing SDR that they're the two main strands of of weed that's right and I find that I don't know I get confused which is which sativa uh, I'll give you an easy way to learn how it is sativa uh, and indica, indica, indica couch. Okay, that's Indi- funny. Indica, indica couch, sativa. I don't know, whatever. It just keeps you up. Right. Sativa can't leave you. Sativa, <laughs> sativa staying up. Or something yeah, like yeah, yeah. In the couch, it's funny. Yes. Indica, indica couch. So yeah. I think the stevia. Stiva? Sativa. Sativa yeah. is uh, the one that makes me a little more paranoid. That's That that would be accurate. Yes, yeah. sativa, the way that I would uh, describe it is sativa is more of kind of a mental high. Uh-huh. It's it, it's almost more of an upper where indica, indica couch, it's more of like a body high. Indi- indica, there's actually a reason for that because sativa actually has higher levels of THC. Mm-hmm. THC is the psychoactive compound that makes you... You know, right, it's psychedelic. Right. Uh, per, you know, or mycodelic is the case. Right? Uh, mycodelic, yeah. And and CBD, CBD is actually a non-psychoactive compound. It's the second largest compound found in weed. There's like over 130 compounds in, in the drug, um, in the plant, sorry. Uh, and uh, that is actually not a psychoactive um, compound. So CBD gives you more of a body high. Okay. Yeah. And I guess the, the best case scenario would be to find one that's like a mixture that gives you that a little bit of ratio of both that makes you happy. It, it depends on what you're doing. And nowadays, you know, I've, I've found myself to be kind of one of these, like, maybe some people would categorize, categorize as, like, an annoying uh, wine Like a weed snob. sommelier? Yeah, like a weed <laughs> sommelier, yeah. I just heard the buzzer go off again. again. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. Yeah, it's all right. Don't worry. We're, we're not going to edit this. We're going to keep it real, keep it live for the people. I don't even know what that means. But, uh, yeah, we're, we had... Um, Someone ringing the bell, I think one of our producers, and they, for some reason, can't figure out how to get in. They only come here every day. (laughs) You know, sorry, man. No problem. So this is actually part of, like, why they're filming this, you know, know, we're all part of this potential uh, reality show that's being filmed here. Because I can't ever do anything for 30 minutes without people ringing the goddamn door, calling the phone, making email complaints. It's driving me crazy. It is driving me crazy. Smoke a little weed, relax. I think I need to. I really do. <laughs> so, Smoke a little weed, go a little crazier. The other experiences I've had, which I think are interesting, is I tried mushrooms yeah. for the first time ever and only time live on the SDR show, like at the Whoa. beginning of the show. And we're That's about ballsy, dude. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know what? I made an offhanded comment when we first started that when we hit a million downloads, I'll try mushrooms. Wow. Forgetting, because that came from radio, I don't realize that in radio when you say something, it lives once. But in podcasting, it's out there forever, so people, old, new people would keep hearing it, and we'd be like, oh, did you hit a million? Did you hit a million? So finally, I was like, all right, look, we're at a million. I got to do this. So <laughs> I don't think I did a full dose, whatever dose we did, about half a dose, yeah. but I planned it in a way that I knew I would have a great experience. So... There was this cute girl I was dating at the time. I told her, come hang out on the show because I'm probably going to need you afterwards. And all I did was she 
got naked and massaged me for like four hours. On the show? No, afterwards. Oh, afterwards. Okay. And uh, I mean, we've had many girls naked on the show. But, right, uh, right, right. She, I lied in bed and I was giggling and smiling while she massaged me for four hours. That's amazing. And the funniest part of it was that at one point I was convinced that the uh, TV was talking to me. Because you know the show I Love New- the the old song I Love New York, right? I love New York. You don't know that song? God, you're so fucking young, dude. <laughs> Come sorry. on. All right, no, it's no. it's a it's a, a, a quintessential New York travel song to get people to come to New York. It's the I Heart NY. Oh, okay. They sing that song, right? And there was a commercial that was running at the time that I was in this mode that said I'm uh, taking. It was the same mode, the same uh, cadence, but it was. I'm taking a trip to New York. And it was like, I'm on a trip to New York, right? And I misunderstood it. And I thought they said, I'm on a trip in New York. And I started thinking to myself, how the fuck does the TV know that I'm tripping on mushrooms right now? <laughs> and it was the craziest moment. I was like, wow, the TV and I have a connection. That's such a mushroom moment. Yeah, it was such a yeah. ridiculous mushroom moment. <laughs> You're tripping in New York, Ralph <laughs> Sutton. Yeah. Raw. That's exactly how it felt. So, did anything happen when you were on the air? I was apparently drooling at some point. Really? I don't remember. You know, it was, uh, we hadn't really, I mean, we started doing video, but it really didn't work that well yet, so you couldn't really tell. Okay. But Jay told me, like, towards the end, I just stopped talking and I was drooling. Well, I sometimes, didn't. yeah, because sometimes it takes a little while to kick in. Yeah. It's Especially if it, you had eaten a meal or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we did it yeah. relatively early because we knew that it would take at least a half hour to 45 right. minutes, so by the end of the show... Yeah, I started feeling it. So the girl and I just, you know, put me put me back in the room, and it seems to be my mo a lot. A girl putting me down on the floor. So like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so we have t- a couple of negative weed experiences, but then we have a, a beautiful positive mushroom yeah. experience. Yeah. Except the one thing I would say about mushrooms is that it lasts a long it, time. That's true. You know, so that's kind of weird. You got to make sure that you have no meetings that next day because you are. And I also. I find that I, and I don't know if this is true, I know it's true with certain drugs, but I felt it with with, uh, the mushrooms that the next day I was depressed Mm. because I think I was on such a happy high, all the endorphins get released, the next day I was just sad and like not happy. And I was walking home, walking through the park, and I saw all these kids playing in the park, and I started saying to myself, why the fuck do I not play anymore? When's the last time I fucking played? And I got mad at myself, yeah. and I went and bought a PlayStation right there, and now I've been playing in PlayStation ever since. That is, that's the most positive thing that could come out of that, right? Yeah, exactly. You might, you might not have had that PlayStation. You might not have hours of joy playing that video game system in your in your living room if you had not done mushrooms. Except now Jake kicks my ass in UFC 2 every single week. It's very aggravating. I need someone to teach me. Yeah, I don't know how to play that game. I'm so, so. bad at it. Yeah, and then I have a, a a story where I like say I sort of tried cocaine. I know it's a weird statement, but yeah, when that's I ex- a it's a very weird statement. So when I explain, I accidentally just took a sneezed and all right. So now I'm going to tell you my story, okay, yeah. and then you tell me if you agree with that. All right. I used to be a strip club DJ. I don't know if we talked about it in I this agree. one. I <laughs> don't know if we talked about it on this one or the one that didn't get recorded. But I used to be a strip club DJ. But I was talking on the microphone. And while I'm making an announcement, looking out towards the stage, there was a door to get into the DJ booth behind me. A girl would sneak, just walked into the uh, DJ booth, put her finger over my shoulder, and shoved cocaine up my nose. Never asked me. We never discussed it before. I would say that I certainly felt like the outer skirts of my nose feeling numb. I don't know if I felt much more than that. Maybe I mean, it wasn't that much. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Maybe I have a heart condition. You don't fuck. What, what the here's fuck? The, well, here's the classic question that they ask all presidents. 
did you inhale? Right. Well, I mean, I think I sort of might have. I don't know. <laughs> you know, because it well, was. Well, did you go. Did you? I was like, what the? You know, like I just kind of, you know, it wasn't like a full on, oh, give me more of that. You okay. know what I mean? But yeah. I don't know if I felt. And I, and I don't know how much you need to get high, but it was very little. Did, what, did you feel high? No, I felt. I said felt little numb, numb very little numb. numb. Okay. And I remember having a little anger towards her. Okay. If she wasn't hot, I would have gotten her fired. Right. You know, but uh, <laughs> it was just so. I don't know. If you, what would you call that? That's sort of trying cocaine. Mm, I would say that that you were probably uh, molested. <laughs> uh, you know, you were cocaine molested via the nose. I bet you if there's someone some... fingered your nose. Where did the where did the bad stripper touch yeah, you, Ralph? Show me. Show on, me where show she, on the line, Hillary. Show doll. me where she touched you. Um, I bet you if there's a test that could, which I know it doesn't exist, but could see if you ever had any cocaine in your system your entire life, yeah, it would come back positive. Yeah, I think uh, I think like the FBI do, does tests like that. <laughs> they do uh, if you're trying to apply to their program for the whole life. Yeah, they have like methods to tell for. for oh, I should take that yeah. test. I'd love to know. Yeah. Oh, she's uh, Dana says a Spinal Tap will do that. Spinal Tap. I assume it's not the movie she's talking about. No, great movie. No, you I watch know, the movie I know and then they know if you like cocaine. You've, you've seen that. Turn it up to eleven. Wow. The oh, go back. Mike Adelic knows something from the eighties. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, limited knowledge, but I know a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, co- cocaine is um, a very interesting drug because it's not like it's not. It's definitely not a psychedelic. No, it's, it's not. It's l- last week when I was uh, talking to Chris, he, he described it more as like a toy, kind of like something you play with and then it goes. You're, you get a little sick of it. It kind of is, but I, I don't think any of us res- have really actually had real cocaine. Like not. Not. I mean. Not, We've probably had real cocaine. I know. I for, when I say we, I'm talking about myself because I know you've only had that one experience. But uh, I'm talking about like real pure, you know, George Jung 1970s blow, right, like that kind right. of stuff. I feel like that's kind of gone by the wayside. I don't know. But originally, the the coca leaves were used uh, in places like Peru and Colombia. You know, indigenous tribes, the Incas and stuff like that, to give them energy. You right. chew, you chew on the coca yeah. leaves. You know, and then somebody figured, right, maybe if we grind like a hundred thousand of these and make it into a powder and snort it up our nose, we can get really fucked up. You know, what's funny is that what's the guy's name? Fuck, I'm spacing on him right now from Colombia, the main drug lord of. Escobar, Pablo right? Escobar, yeah. Apparently, which would be crazy, Escobar's son, Pablo Escobar Jr., wants to come and do SDR show. Oh, no way, really? How crazy would that be? That would be, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, so I just got an email about that a week ago that, he, uh, uh, that someone said he wants to be a part of uh, SDR, which would be crazy. I, don't, I mean, I'd have to start doing some yeah, research. Yeah, I mean, it's his son, right? Yeah, I it's mean, his son, I believe. Yeah, he's yeah. not in the, uh, in the business. So, yeah, just had Dana walk in. Hey, Dana. Hey. Hey, welcome. Thank you. So yeah, so so Ralph was uh, you know entertaining us with his uh, his stories of bugging out on weed and getting four hour massages on mushrooms and, oh, and I was privy to one weed bug out. That was a little yeah. She was she was in the studio. Uh, that she night. was here. Yeah, yeah, she was here that time. Yeah, you know then the thing that you and I both shared that we both enjoyed, I believe, was kava. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just had that for the first time yesterday. Yeah. You did. Yeah. Did you go to the Kava Sutra? I, sent I did. It, yeah. Well, great. What, what was uh, Tell me interesting about, about that is it has the exact same numbing effect on your mouth as cocaine does if you put it on your gums. Because mm-hmm. I am well versed in cocaine. <laughs> well versed. I, uh, I majored in cocaine. <laughs> quite. And um, I did definitely feel relaxed for uh, a matter of minutes. I would say it wasn't worth the eleven dollars for that kind of relaxation. <laughs> but I definitely felt <laughs> relaxed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a little expensive over there. It's interesting to me. I, I first found out about it. I guess I think it was also from Ralph, and he was telling me it's kind of a, gives you a relaxing um, 
You seemed well, very happy. Yeah, why don't you tell me a little bit yeah. about your experience? So with, with I had Kava. heard about the place for quite a while. And oh, there, there's a chain of them in Florida. There's about ten of them in Florida. This is their first uh, outlet here in New York City, and they sell two things: kava and kratom. Which apparently kratom is now impossible to get in the country, right? I think. Right. So yeah. So this is this is something that recently just happened. Um, you know, a couple episodes ago, I talked about the DEA and you know how they didn't reschedule marijuana, and they're they're, they're just fucking up again. These the 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 fucking drug enforcement agency, real real piles of shit. So they yeah. they uh, they have made <laughs> they've made this a schedule one drug, like uh, on the same like a level. real strong drug. Yeah, like a, on the same level of like heroin and stuff. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. Because what they when I went there the first time there's like there's three guys that work there two are super cool one's a prick i think dana got the prick but um i definitely did he explained to me that you know if kava is weed kratom is cocaine you know okay. so it's that type of one gives you energy one mellows you out right so i said all right let me try the mellow out and i did what they called the double double which is two shots of the kava which tastes to me like sewage it basically tastes like yeah. It's not a good taste. It's yeah. kava. It, kava and kratom are both from a root. Yeah, They're like a kratom. Root. I think is slightly easier to die, to drink. Okay, kava because it's got this thicker. Uh, it looks like sludge. Yeah. And you have to mix it up because there's sediment in there, and the sediment has a lot of the effects. So you have and to mix it up, and then right. you have to swallow it all in one shot. That's right. you got to drink it fast. Fast. Yeah. And they say, it, which is interesting, that it has a reverse tolerance. Mm. So you need a lot in the beginning, but the more you drink it, it stays in your system for a while. That you don't need to drink as much the next time around. You drink like half as much the next times around. Right. So you drink a lot in the beginning. So they had a double double, which is two shots and then two shots of um, concentrate. They go on top of it. And they mix it up. And I would say for about three hours, I felt super happy, super chill, just like things are good. You know, nothing wrong. And what I loved about it, unlike any other substance I've ever had, it just dissipates. Right. It's not as strong as weed or alcohol. But when it goes away, it just kind of dissipates. And I'm like, okay, I guess that, that's over. Would you ha, Have you ever experienced taking maybe like muscle relaxers no. or anti-anxiety, maybe like a, something like that? No, nothing. Uh, okay. Because I, I was going to say, you know, there, it, it is like a, it's a mild sensation. And uh, I have taken like Xanax, you know, before. Mm -hmm. And I definitely get like maybe like a, a calming kind of sensation that's similar to that. But one of the things I was thinking of was like, you know, we get all these medications, all these drugs that we manufacture, big pharma and all that stuff. M most of them come from the plant world. Of course. They yeah. discover these things and they say, okay, how can we synthesize this and mass produce it and make sure we can replicate it, duplicate it, every batch is the same, and then sell it to the, to the general population. But the thing that, that boggles my mind is... You have you have something that's like this. It's kind of an alternative uh, substance, and especially for somebody like you, who you know weed doesn't really call to, and you know you're not interested in taking any kind of pills. This is something else that you can do, and yeah. it also makes for a good social. Oh, uh, I love engagement. it. It's generally the uh, the last stop on my date. If I'm going on a date, it's dinner somewhere, uh, maybe a drink somewhere, and then we go there because it's a block and a half from here, and it's just a fun experience because most people have not tried. Kava, right. so it's a great, uh, you know, little extra pizzazz on on a, on a single man's night out. How many bars are there in the East Village? Right, and you there's know? one kava place, and you have a place that's different. It's unique. It's yeah. something. It gives you a different feeling, a happy feeling, an yeah. uplifted feeling. So there's a lot of benefits to it. I I have not tried kratom. I did it. Okay, so you, do you want to tell me a little bit about? I that? would say that 
much less of a feeling. It felt like I drank a cup of coffee real fast. Right. But I, here's the weird thing: they have triple, they have single strength, double strength, and triple strength. They will not give you a triple strength your first time trying it because they want to see your gauge of how you do. Okay. So I tried the double, and I felt like I had a fast cup of coffee that gave me like a little jolt. But when I decided, let me go back and try the triple. They never had it again. They've never had the, the Kratom since. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that's because the DEA placed it on... Uh, what, let's see what they say here. It says, uh, the DEA recently placed Kratom, a medicinal plant used for a millennia in Southeast Asia, on the list of Schedule One drugs. Yeah, like I said earlier. Start effective September 30th. Okay, so we still have some time, I guess, to get yeah, it Yeah, but for some around. reason, they have not been able to get it into the studio for a very... Uh, studio. To the uh, store for a very long time. Yeah, so this is, um, I mean, this is just, it's just so stupid that you have these people cracking down on, on, these, on, these, on these things that are not only beneficial to people who uh, want an alternative way to kind of just relax or something like that, but like you said, like, it makes for like another, a good, fun, unique social engagement. And it's also a, a revenue stream for the, for the city. You well, know, they pay taxes. They pay taxes, yeah. I don't understand that. It's just weird. Also, like I'm, I know this goes very uh, in line with your uh, libertarian ways, but I'm all about that. Drugs should be legal. Uh, sex should be legal. If you want to be a prostitute, go right ahead. Right. You know, and just pay taxes. That's well. That's where you and I differ. I think. But <laughs> I think if we pay taxes on that stuff, we'd be out of. Uh, you know, we'd have no debt within a matter of six months. Well, for sure, that's a good argument to make for. You know, pe- like people always say, like, look, look at what Washington and Colorado are doing. Look at how much tax revenue right. they're generating. You know, and I get that argument. You know what I mean? Of course, I'm I'm opposed. But I mean, if we're going to start somewhere, sure. I'll, let's start there. Let's leave, let's put a federal, you know, end the war on drugs, make everything federally legal, and sure, collect tax revenues on it. Then the next step, we could work on abolishing the IRS. You know what's funny is that was always my argument against legalizing drugs is that I, as you know, a pretty cute white girl, have never had trouble getting, you know, procuring anything that I wanted. So if you make drugs legal and there's tax on them, now it makes it more expensive. Uh, I don't know if it makes it more expensive. I think the long run it would make it cheaper, I think. Uh, it does make it a little bit more expensive, but it's, you know, that's where you have to let the market decide, you know, right. the supply and demand, you know, so you have to just let, let that be. And I bet you, like, sex trafficking would get cut by 90% if you had, like, legal prostitution everywhere for sure oh, yeah. you know? the violence on our southern border would completely go away if those people who were trafficking drugs illegally were then made into legitimate businessmen because they're no longer criminals in the eyes of the u.s government basically this for me is just a long-winded argument because i want to start having legal escorts in my apartment <laughs> yeah you, uh, well you should i mean i think you should be allowed to as long as it's voluntary as long yeah, as that should be like once you know, a month you have to go in and get a uh, like a test from some official are you here on your own volition do a drug test to make sure you're not like being forced to do anything. Ask some gener- general questions, and then they, they can go do whatever the hell they want. That's a great point. I mean, you know, when you have when when things are all legal like that, there's much more of a regulation. Like we were talking about before with marijuana, how I'm coming kind of like a sommelier right. to weed. Well, the reason why I'm able to do that is because the weed delivery guy is like a fucking some. You know, he's right. coming in, he's showing me everything. Goes, this is 75 percent sativa. This is good for like a, if you want to study, and the, he's telling me all these all this information. I now have more information about what I'm putting into my body. What the right. effects are going to be, and I know I'm getting it from a legitimate source. Well, legitimate is, is a, uh, we're in New York City, it's not legal here yet, so I don't know if it's how legitimate it could yeah, be. Yeah, it's a relative term. Yeah. 
Relatively. legitimate enough. Yeah, relatively you know? legitimate. You know, I'm talking about the packaging, right, you know, yeah. what it comes in, the freshness of it. Right. And now all know, these all other the... like sub businesses, like I saw someone I think they're sending us samples, but we can't say that they are, but like a weed lubricant to have sex with. Yeah. That gets you high. Gets the you know, if you're wearing a condom just gets the girl high, but you know, it, it, you have sex and you feel an effect from a weed lubricant. Yeah. That's a whole other subset of the universe that never existed before. There you go. I love that statement. A whole other subset of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're creating all these new areas, all these new things. And the best part about it is it's not destructive. Right. It's like I it's agree. good stuff. I'm yeah. a friend. I'm I'm I think that for me, you know, we're not going to debate uh, libertarianism, but I think that there's some logic in just making it all legal. I mean, I, just legal and for me, governized. You know, yeah. there's just some sort of control. So that you know everyone's safe and you know that no one's putting rat poison in their weed, you know, that is some sort of control. Sure, you have to have some some level of control. I agree with that. And in like, for instance, sorry to cut you off, but in uh, we did a live SDR from one of the few legal brothels in the country. We went to the Bunny Ranch and we did a a show there. And uh, what those girls have to go through to constantly check that they don't have AIDS, that everything is in order, that all their health is right, that they're paying their taxes. It's so restrictive, but it makes if, I'm sure customers feel great that they don't have to worry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I used my free pass. I got one. It was great. <laughs> you had a free pass? They gave me a free pass. Wow. The, benefits, go to waste? the benefits of the SDR show. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, de- there's definitely something to be said about that. And, you know, I'm sure doing the SDR show, being a fan of music, working in the industry as long as you have, I'm sure you've witnessed lots of like overdoses, oh, yeah. you know, deaths, people mixing things and, and having... I mean, a lot of my good friends in the rock community have died. You know, yeah. one, I mean, they're a band that some people make fun of, but I love them, which is a Quiet Riot, you know, oh, which yeah, is a yeah. legendary band. Come on, feel the noise. You know, they were a huge band. And I was very close with the lead singer. Uh, typo Negative, Pete Steele, very close to the lead singer. Uh, Pete Steele kind of looks like me. He's like my bizarro doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Um, they both died from drugs, and it kills me. I, I left a message on Kevin's voicemail, the singer of Quiet Riot, because I they used to be you still get them once in a while, but rumors that people die on the internet. So I called him like, dude, I just read this. Please call me back and tell me it's not true. Uh-huh. And it was true. He used to go out. He used to say this that when he was a kid. Six nights a week he would party, and one night a week he would sober up and clean up. But now at the time he was 50, now it's reversed. He'll party for one, he needs to recover for six days because he's older. And on that night is when he didn't too much cocaine and had a heart attack and died. Yeah. And, you know, so it just sucks. And same thing with Pete Steele. Pete was clean, but he had done so many drugs his body couldn't handle it, and uh, he had cardiac arrest and he died. That's right. And you never know what... What, where, where do you get the cocaine from? What's in the cocaine? Right, exactly. What is it cut with? You know, a lot of times these guys, they put baking soda, they put all kinds of stuff in there, you know, stuff that's not good for you. Well, you that's know, why you want to make sure that you get solid rocks and not powder because <laughs> if it's powder, that means it's been cut with other stuff. And if it if it's rocks, that's that means it's mostly coca. You heard it here first, folks. Dana, get them rocks. <laughs> you heard That it. was my, my, I think I, I forget, I keep forgetting which uh, version of this podcast I told the story because we t- taped for 15 minutes. But yeah. I had that pretty girl come over that we smoked weed together this past Friday, yeah. right? And it was hilarious to me because I have only smoked in the past two years with Jay, like a, like I'm a child, giving me the um, the one hit the hitter, whatever you call it, the uh, the what do you call the, the thing, bowl. the bowl, right, with the little thing on the side. So he would handle it all, and all I got to do is breathe in, right? And now this girl, <laughs> training wheels, she has only smoked with uh, papers. She had never actually smoked from a bowl. So now I'm doing it to her. 
which is funny because yeah. now I. But I didn't know how you break up the weed. Do you break up the weed? Do you just leave a little nugget in there? Is there a methodology to how much you put in? So before she came over, I was actually watching YouTube videos on how to pack a bowl. <laughs> you know the beautiful thing is you're not the only one. You right, know why? Because there's YouTube videos about how to pack a bowl. And there's so a really, someone's getting use out of that. And if yeah. you Google it, there's a really, I mean, YouTube search it, there's a really hot girl that shows you how to do it. That's even better. Very, very, very exciting. Yeah, things always work out when there's a really hot girl around to show you how to yeah, do absolutely. it. Absolutely. Or Jay to hold your or hand. Or Jay to hold my hand. <laughs> Jay just did it two weeks ago. We had this girl in from, uh, uh, is it hip hop R&B? morning show called The Breakfast Club. Her name's Angela Yee. And uh, she didn't know how to smoke from a bowl. But so Jay just went across the table and did it for her and just said, breathe, 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 breathe. Okay, and there you go. And nice. it's funny. It's an interactive experience that way. Uh, I think I always think it's great when, when people are, are kind of doing it at a later age. Because I got started so early that it kind of loses its luster a little right, bit for me. Right, of course. You know, so when you're, when, you're do, when you're experimenting and when you're doing things that are a little bit older and, you know, also doing it within... Within reason, having some balance, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I definitely used to be almost like addicted to smoking weed. I would get up in the morning, I'd smoke. You know, in the middle of the day, I'd smoke. At night, I'd smoke. How often do you smoke now? I actually don't really smoke anymore now. You just said you were going to the gym and you smoked the other day. Uh, I had a one-hitter. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you I... You don't count uh, that. Yeah, it's like I don't really necessarily count that. Like, I, I'm talking about I used to live my life in high, in right. the high days of being high. Um which was fun and it's enjoyable, but it's also like it kind of loses luster a little bit. I think now, you know, you're kept saying I'm young, but I'm getting older in my life. So, yeah, go fuck you know, when I'm, when I'm getting older, you know, I feel like using it sparingly is, is better. You know? I also think like with anything that when it's a special occasion, yeah. it seems far more exciting. You Definitely. Know? I'm sure that there's a guy out there that's just sick of having threesomes because he's done it 50 times, you know? So it's just about... Not, not you, of course. Not me. No. <laughs> I haven't had 50 yet. Some poor schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> so I would just say, I think there is a... Uh, with anything, if you overdo it, you just go, ah, do I want to do this again? You know? Yeah. Well, you, you kind of overdo things, but you overdo things, w the good things, like improving the studio, making yeah, sure that I you have... have I think that yeah. was before. I have OCD, I'm sure right. of it. And I get obsessed with trying to make everything work right, look right. That's what I focus on. I think that's my addiction, you yeah. know, is always trying to get like obsessional. I obsess over the minutia of this studio. Like certain things drive me crazy that I try and figure out how to fix every single week. And in your in your personal life, like you you take care of yourself pretty well. You cook, you do. Yeah, I try. I gained weight this year because I was going through some shit with my family, and my met my head was not in the right space. But yeah. lately, I've been working on losing that extra twenty pounds that I put on, and I think it'll be gone by January. You tried the cryotherapy, right? That was great. I'm a big fan of that. It like is a little that. pricey, though. It is very pricey. Yeah, I yeah. mean, when you hear it's only forty dollars, like oh, it's not that bad. But your you first say, no. time, yeah, yeah, and it's also for three minutes. So yeah. when you factor it in, and I think after that, it's seventy dollars. I think, right? Mm -hmm. So it gets it's too much money. I can't do it again. It's just too much money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been I've been doing uh, cold showers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that's that's you know you get in the morning when I wake up, I, I get into a cold shower. I feel like it really gets gets me going. Gets yeah, my I mean, day and, going. and they also like the cheaper way, just dump ice in a bathtub. You know, I mean, it's probably yeah. the same effect. I would imagine. But it's it's. Have you ever done that before? No. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, 
probably hard to do. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty difficult. I'm not at that level yet, but uh, but it's definitely it's definitely another way that you can kind of like do something that has like a positive effect. You know, that that kind of helps you alter your consciousness, expand your horizons. You know, you don't necessarily have to always look to to drugs right. to do that. You could do other things. When I left the cryotherapy thing, and yeah. I was walking down the street with this girl I'm dating, and I was like, "Do you like feel that?" You can hear and see everything better right now because yeah. that's how I felt. I felt I was so hyper aware of everything around me. Right, it was amazing. Yeah, because it, it 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 really jolts your body and puts you in that fight or flight mode yeah. where your adrenaline like really revs up. Yeah, and then it like all your blood rushes to the surface because it needs to like protect your your skin and, and all that kind of stuff from freezing over. And yeah, you you I I felt like. So Super, like I felt like I could lift a car over yeah, my head. Exactly. When I got out of there, I was like, ah, <laughs> crashed through the wall. And then <laughs> like I slept that night for 12 hours. Yeah, I, got I a slept good night's like rest. so good. I, I actually probably, because I've not been sleeping lately, now that you brought it up, I should probably go do that again and maybe get a good night's sleep. It's there a you good go. idea, Mr. Mikeadelic. <laughs> Mikeadelic, helping people sleep for, de- <laughs> for decades. Every time they listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, could you uh, Good could one. you liken that uh, that hyper awareness to when mushrooms are starting to kick in before you really start tripping? I can't because I, like, I only did them once, so I don't well, have enough of a barometer of comparison. Well, Mike, uh, you know, you know how like suddenly. Yeah, I know they, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's this, there's definitely like that's that's why the reason why I brought it up is because I feel like. Since I've been I've been doing this this, this breathing exercise, um, it's called the Wim Hof method. It involves breathing, but also involves cold therapy, cold showers and stuff. And I know Ralph did the cryotherapy, but it definitely has, you know, like a psychedelic kind of element to it. It does put you in like an altered state of consciousness, and you f- I get a different feeling. You're perceiving things differently. Your body's feeling things differently. I went to a, this is like 20 years ago, these like hot springs in San Francisco called the Harbin Hot Springs. Yeah. 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago at this point. No, 20, 20 years ago. And the way they do it is you start out in a warm pool and then you go to a warmer pool. Then you go to a crazy hot borderline, it felt like it was boiling pool. And that pool was in a dark room with one candle lit and one word, it said silence. And you're just sitting there for as long so as you can. It's scary. Yeah, as long as you can take it. <laughs> Silence. And then you come out of that pool and you jump into an ice cold water for as long as you can take that. And then you go back to the warm pool. Yeah. And when I did that whole thing, for the next like five, six hours, I felt so at peace with the universe. Because again, I think it's that experience you were saying that it not only did it force your adrenaline up, but in like two different directions. Because for the heat and then the cold and then the warm. I was just so, I'll never forget that feeling in my life. I was so peaceful and happy for a few hours after that. It was yeah. crazy. And it's also a nude uh, hot spring. Oh, nice. So so that's my good. ding dong was out for the world. To see. <laughs> and it had some ladies walking around as well. <laughs> oh, nothing you want to see, but it was, yeah, it was a very uh, hippy dippy place. Well, you could see it if you use a microscope, folks. That's Hi-o! how you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well,. That, this was great. I think this was a good episode. We're, we're nearing kind of the, the hour mark. Is there – you got any other more uh, – other stories that you want to share with the, with the drug folks induced, here? Drug-induced. Any drug-induced uh, uh, stories? You know what's sad is that I feel like I should have more drug stories. You yeah. know, that uh, I just don't do a lot of drugs. So I think we said – again, I forget if this is before or after. But I was saying to you that with the upper uh, sativa – I keep saying it. Sin, sativa. Sativa. 
that I'm always convinced that people are talking about me. I thought Jay was talking about me. I feel like that it definitely does not agree with me as much as the other one does. Yeah, yeah so go for more indica. I want to get a mix. I can ask you. I want to get a hybrid. That yeah, you maybe, can get hybrids. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you can get me whatever I, I want. I can get you whatever you want. Yeah, find a hybrid that has Allegedly. more... More of the other kind. Well, we are doing this live from Colorado, so it's fine. That's fun. true. Live from the free state of Colorado. And that's actually rather funny thing is that we were going to have we had a sponsor that was going to sponsor SDR, and it was some drug related thing. I forget, forgot what it was. It was yeah. some sort of weed thing. But they said, "Well, you're in New York. We can't do it." So I was actually almost talked them into we were going to drop down the green screen and put a map of like like a. A, a backdrop of Colorado somewhere and say that we were doing the show live from Colorado that week. But they didn't fall for it. They were, almost did it, and then they changed their mind. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass that that has to happen. That we, you know, It's like just a real pain in the ass. Do you feel that uh, within the next two years, would you say that weed would be legal in New York? I hope so. I mean, I really have no idea. I, you, you just... As long as we have these like stupid bureaucracy institutions, the DEA and the fucking FDA and you know EPA and all these A's, they uh, ELO they just ruin things. It's just a bunch of idiots. It's uh, I don't know if it's if it's like a nefarious like agenda mm-hmm. or if it's just like a bu- giant mechanical you know bureaucracy of of idiot government workers that just don't care and don't know and they're just not listening to what people have to say maybe it's a combination of both probably a combination of both you see they, they got to be looking at colorado and washington and saying okay well this obviously is making sense for them so why wouldn't they do it here that's yeah. what i don't understand i, don't know. I mean massachusetts has kind of almost legalized medical they're really dragging their feet on it although um i think four out of six states in new england have legalized medical marijuana and there were rumors of a dispensary opening up in Saugerties, which is up in Ulster County, um, where I'm from. Uh, but I, I didn't understand what that was about because I know that it still hasn't been legalized here. So that those could have just been false. Yeah, I mean, it's just like and now with this recent Kratom uh, uh, being uh, classified as being illegal now, what they're what's saying... The, when you said a Category 1 drug, right? Right, saying, Schedule what, 1. What's in the other... What's in that? Heroin, Jesus cocaine. Christ. Right, yeah. It's Marijuana. like the major ones. Yeah, major ones. And, you know, it's it's just a, a, a real shame because the uh, they just don't... I feel like they, they don't know and they don't care. But many people that are struggling with, like, opiate addictions, op- uh, they have addictions to, I guess, maybe heroin or they have addictions to Oxycontin or pills like that. They turn to Kratom as, like, a safer alternative. But now because, like, basically they're, they're scheduling it as the Schedule One drug, you're, you're, you're limiting the amount of research that could be done to help people wean off of those right. strong opiates and stuff. So there's a, there's a lot of uh, therapeutic stuff that can happen here, but uh, it, it's just like everything in our country, it's a little screwed up. It's like, well, right. why, well, it why, why can't this like work? You a, know? a self-perpetuating thing where they're trying, they're, they're going with the model that keeps the people who are profiting off the war off drugs right. to, to continue profiting, and they're right. not really interested in helping people who are sick, and they're not interested in reducing the violence or anything like that. They're only interested in what's going to make them the most money now. Very good point, Dana. I couldn't, I couldn't have said it better Whoa. myself. Uh, Tremendously let me ask you good this. point. I just, I know because you are the drug man, as far as I'm concerned. You okay. know, is there a drug that you did once and you would say, "I will never do this again"? Meth. You did it once. Wow. Have you talked about that on the show? Because I don't know. Right, and what was the the situation that made that happen? <laughs> so, <clears throat> so my friend. Um, 
came back from uh, actually he was in the Marines mm-hmm. and uh, he was on leave and he got a bunch of meth and he just came back with it and uh, I was about 19 at the time and uh, or 20 and his whole thing was like a lot of people do this you know a lot everybody's of, doing yeah a lot of, a lot of people do this out there especially around the you know the, the military base don't or, be a or whatever. Pussy. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's kind of like, you know, it, it's 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 like cocaine, but you know, it lasts longer. I mean, it was really not cool. It was I didn't feel I didn't feel good. I felt on edge. I was sweating. I felt very, um, you know. You were saying you're well versed in cocaine, Dana. You know, I I'm sure also you've had diet pills. Yeah, I, it, it was like the worst cocaine experience that you could ever have. But then times that by like a hundred, and then elongate it for like seventeen hours. So, what would be the reason why you think people would take it if they had, or is it just that it didn't agree with you? Maybe it just didn't agree with me. I don't know because I didn't smoke it. We kind of snorted it, and I don't know if that's like the proper way to do it or not. But um, yeah, it was just a bad. I, I felt like this is bad. I, I don't like cocaine. I don't like those kinds of drugs to begin with. Anyway, I kind of stay away from like powders and pills and stuff. They don't. They don't. I don't like them. Um, so this was just like the ultimate, like the ultimate not liking of, of <laughs> one of those things. And how long did that span last? How long? So I did it. I tried it once. I was at like a party or whatever. I remember. And then it lasted like I stayed up all night. I remember going out to dinner with my girlfriend at the time and her friend and my other friend and just sitting there. I didn't want to eat anything. And I was kind of like twitching and sweating the whole time. Jesus. Did you tell your girlfriend that you did it? Or? No, oh, no, 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 no. Hey, I just did meth, by the way. <laughs> Pass me a tuna, a spicy tuna roll. <laughs> I, it was I like that you're having horrible. sushi at 19 years old. What an advanced little dude you were. Yeah, yeah I, I was cultured. that you could have eaten while you were on meth. I didn't. Yeah, yeah I didn't. Yeah. I, I love the uppers and there was no fucking way you had an appetite. Actually, a real funny story. One time, uh, I just a uh, real quick funny story. I, I was going on a date with this girl. I think we had been dating for a, a, a little bit, but I was in like a cocaine period mm-hmm. of time. I think I had just moved to the city and and uh, whatever. I was just loving it for some reason. Maybe this went on for a couple months, two months or something. It's great. Yeah, and um, and I just decided like I I think maybe I was like a little nervous. Uh, I don't think we had sex yet, so it was mm-hmm. like it was like oh I'm a little nervous. Like she's really hot. She's Brazilian. Like you know I'm, I'm, I like her already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. So we went to this place, the Stanton Social. I know on the, no, well, on the Lower East Side. Chris, the Chris Dust. What's the name? Chris De Santos. Yeah, Chris Santos. Yeah, or Santos. Yeah, and also Beauty and Essex. Okay. So yeah. I must have done like an eight ball of cocaine. And before I went to dinner with this girl, Jesus. which is probably the one of the dumbest things I've ever done, we went, literally, I was like, yeah, order whatever you want. Yeah, this place is great. I come here all the time. <laughs> hey, Steve, what's going on? Like, I don't know. These guys oh, are looking God. at me like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, let's get the uh, shrimp fritters, uh, the scallops, like this thing. I ordered like $180 worth of food, <laughs> got drinks. Literally everything sat there. I talked the entire time, didn't eat a thing. They came over. They were like, is everything okay here, sir? I was like, yeah, everything's fine. Uh, we're just, we'll take the check. He goes, do you want this to go? I'm like, no, 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 no. We're good. We're good. And he's like, okay. Is there, the chef just wants to know, is there a problem with the food? I'm like, no, there's no problem. No, we're good. We're good. We're just going to leave. Just give me the check. Pay the and check. And what was the left. girl doing the whole time? She's like Brazilian. I'm she sure was just you, like, didn't, you didn't have another like, date. Oh, okay. No. Actually, no. Actually, we did. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Because we, we went out. After we went to the Mercury Lounge, right away, and we yeah. saw this band that she really liked, okay. so she probably forgot about the okay, whole dinner that's thing. That's hilarious. But Wait, yeah. I, I just spaced out. Did you say you did uh, nail her that night? No, not no. that. Uh, 
Not yes, actually, maybe I did that night. Okay, but I, I did not before. Not not before. Not before the the night. Uh, the, before the night, there was no sex. When yeah. I was like full on single swing a couple years ago, I would like always keep weed and cocaine in the house. I would never use it, but if a girl wants cocaine, I say, oh, yeah, that's some cocaine. I don't fucking care. You know I, mean? <laughs> I would sit in the, in my drawer for like you know a year at some times. Ladies, man, I yeah. am about to ransack your. Yeah, it's not dresser. in there now. You can yeah, look. Don't. There's none there now. This is addict Dana. <laughs> yeah. The truth is really coming out. Well, cool. I'm glad you uh, decided to do the show. Yeah, thank you, sir, for having me. And uh, I was saying, I think this was on. I keep referencing the 18 minutes that we didn't tape, but. Uh, you know, I like that you do the show here. I've listened to a couple episodes. I've seen people talking about it. It makes me happy. Cool. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, tell the people where they can find you. Well, me everywhere. It's at I am Ralph Sutton. And uh, the SDR show everywhere is at the SDR show. And then, of course, any of the shows on the network, Gas Digital Network, just go to GasDigitalNetwork.com. And that is at Gas Digital everywhere. Awesome. There, simple. That's great. Easy. Yeah. Want to go? You want to go do some cocaine or some crystal meth? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go. We're gonna go smoke some meth, do some coke, and then get uh, some kratom illegally. Get, get some kratom illegally and have a real chilled out, relaxing <laughs> ne- uh, rest just, of the Friday they night. They just beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll play some uh, Parliament Funkadelic and just punch each other in the face. I like it. Thanks for listening to the show, guys. If you like the show, please like it, share it, uh, subscribe on iTunes, leave me a nice rating and review. The ratings and reviews are coming in like crazy. we got like 30 now. It's great. I feel great. So keep them coming. Ratings and reviews, really important. That's the way that the show kind of moves up and, and gets uh, higher ranking and positioning in iTunes so other people can find it. Uh, but once again, love you guys. Thank you very much. Peace out. Thank you.